are we still doing the podcast? Who, who asks that kind of question? I don't know. Of course we're still doing the podcast. My mom. Really? Yeah. She don't listen anymore. <laughs> That's why our numbers are down. Yeah. People gotta subscribe. Yeah. How do they subscribe? They gotta like. How do they like and subscribe? They can like on like Facebook. I'm not good with the social media stuff. I'm too old now. Get out of here for that. I am. And, too um, old. Like Spotify and Apple. Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Anything, YouTube. Anywhere that Anywhere podcasts that podcasts are. are sold. But ours is free. Yeah, most yeah. are. Yeah. We're not we're not charging anyone anything. No, no one would buy that. They're not even listening to it for free. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That hurts. Fine. Mm-hmm. We just have resolved ourselves that we do this show because we like it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the only podcast with like a, a thousand episodes and like <laughs> ten, 10 views. We got to be like, what, close to 200 now. We're in the hundreds somewhere. Oh my God. Yep. Well, here's another one, folks. Yep. <laughs> Why right? not? What else do you say about that? That's it. Just come and listen to Parababble. Why not? It's good sometimes. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's your very tagline. <laughs> it's good sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's lots of other choices out there. We know that. Yeah. You know, but this little lonely podcast yeah. is a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. Where else are you going to hear Chupacabra barking at random in the background of the episode Never, sometimes? right? Because, you know, this is our professional studio. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yep. And we're off to the races. Yeah, so... Talking about ghosts. A, a, a place we ghost hunted ten years ago. <laughs> it wasn't ten years it, ago. No, it was. No way! It sure was. Get out of here! I was looking at some of the evidence yesterday, and there was a particular video, which is my favorite video of all time. Yes. And it was time-stamped. October 13th, 2010. So it was more than 10 years ago. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Does anyone actually ghost hunt anymore? No. Unless you're looking for, like, portals to hell or, you know, I don't know, some kind of craziness. Like, are you even really ghost hunting anymore? Chupacabra. Is anybody doing that? I don't don't know. I'm sure. Is there still, like, an an inundation of, like, groups with black t-shirts still? I'm sure there probably are. And they, like... You know, the chest puffing and like... We're They're like, really look cool. at look at my... Look at our logo. Cool full spectrum camera. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Bro. That's Cap. <laughs> Isn't that what cap. the kids say now? Cap? Is that an abbreviation <laughs> for a ghost hunting group? <laughs> Probably. Central Allegheny Paranormal. <laughs> You're welcome, anyone in Allegheny. If that doesn't exist already. Uh. That would be something that totally existed back in... The late 2000s, early 2010s. Yes. In the heyday. Absolutely right. Cap. Yep. Piney. Bip. Yep. Craps. <laughs> Craps. That's a real, that I was know. a real group. I remember. <laughs> now that you say it, it just sounds ridiculous. Craps. Shits. I don't know. I mean, it was fun while we were doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. It was but then, I don't know, you grow up. Never a dull moment. You gotta like, you know, have a real job where, you know, you can't be up in I know four or five in the morning exactly. for days on end. Was, Gotta like be an adult. Yeah. 
I don't sucks. know. I see right now, like, all the paranormal shows, too, are getting canceled, like, left and right. And I don't know how we made it through recording our whole last episode without talking about the latest stuff that's come out. You know, the whole, like, Zach Baggins controversy. I don't, I, I don't know anything about that. Oh, my God. I don't pay attention. Yep. He destroyed people's careers. You know, he's getting people canceled. He's a big faker about everything. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. The look of surprise on my face. I know. It was all over TikTok like a couple weeks back and I was yeah. dying. I was like, wow, this is like the best drama ever. Remember Paradrama? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was all over again. I was like, this group's not talking to that group. This person's mad at this one. This one faked their evidence. Yep. I was like, oh, wow, this takes me back. These guys are hating on everybody else. and Yeah. It was always something, and this person's got this place locked down, and that person's got that place locked down. I know. And It'd be so cool to go and investigate there, but we can't because we're not friends with them. Because Bippy's in charge of that place. <laughs> Bippy. <Yeah. laughs> Krabs has it on lockdown. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Those were the days. I don't know. I mean, for all of the places we investigated, I would say maybe a handful had some really cool stuff there, and we're going to talk about one of those places tonight. Yes. Yeah. It's near and dear to our paranormal Parababble studio, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not far. So we're going to talk about the Buffalo Historical Society in Buffalo, New York. Yep. Yeah, we started talking about it before we started recording, and I was like, I miss that place. Yeah, that was a really cool place. That was a really cool location. So for um, anyone that is not familiar with the Buffalo area, if you're from Buffalo, you know this building. It's, you know, a landmark. If you're not from Buffalo... It is a very large museum. Um, it has a cherry blossom garden, and it's got a man-made lake. It's very pretty, uh, but it also is filled with many, many artifacts from Buffalo and from other places, too. And we were called in 10-plus years ago by the staff who had been experiencing some crazy phenomenon. 2010. Oh my God! Every it's time you 2023 say 2023 now, I can't, I can't. Think about how long like you and I have known each other. Longer than that, even because that wasn't right. Free, that wasn't even close to the first place we investigated. That's what I'm saying. Wow. So, um, you know, we got called in because the staff had had some weird stuff happening. You know, they had had people come into the gift shop that actually weren't there. They had footsteps that they were hearing, shadow people, um, all kinds of stuff going on. So us being the good paranormal investigators came in and we poked around and couldn't find any natural explanation for anything that was going on. And I want to say over the course of what, maybe six months, we probably had 10 investigations there. It's probably longer than six months, probably more than 10 investigations. We did some really cool experiments while we were there, too. There's a a song from... So the building was built in 1901, and it was built for the Pan American Exposition. And um, after that exposition was over, it became, you know, this historical museum. And we had come across a song called Shoving Off to Buffalo. This was deep into the run of investigations there. And we used some Singapore theory. Mm-hmm. which actually had some really cool results there. So we were there enough that we could like do different things and experiment. I know we did some table tipping there. Um, we basically had free run. We could go wherever we wanted in the building. And 
we got some really cool evidence throughout some of the investigations that we were there. Yeah. Some of our best evidence ever. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. So the building was multi-leveled and the floors and the stairs were polished limestone, which if you know anything about that, obviously great conductor for energy. And as I said before, the man-made lake was there. So, you know, you got water, you got all these things kind of, you know, feeding the energy of this place. Plus, you got a long, long history of people coming in and out, you know, attachments to things, sort of things happening. So we would go in, obviously, at night when the museum was closed to the public, and we would investigate all over the place. We were investigating in the basement where they had a kid's room set up. We had some activity there. We had some activity in the portico, which was closed off to the public. Um, I think it's restored now. Some uh, stuff happening on the third level, you know, up where there was more personal belongings for people. But I think my favorite place to sit in there was right in that open floor when you first came in so that you got a view of all of the stairwells. And I remember Mm -hmm. just certain nights being able to just kind of see shadow people moving throughout the building while we were there. Super cool. Yeah, it was a big room with like these huge columns and we should post pictures. I should remember to do that because it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, at the time we thought we had like state of the art equipment. We did at the time. (laughs) So we had DVRs, we had full spectrum cameras, we had, you know... EVP recording devices, K2 meters, um, you know, EMF detectors. Like, I don't even know what else we probably had. We had some motion lights. Yeah. Because I remember we used those those. a bunch of times. Yeah. I don't miss the cables and the reels, though. No, I remember that location specifically bringing, like, 300-foot reels of cable. Yep. And reeling it in. And and somehow that always ended up as our jobs. It did. Cleaning it up. And I had to store it. Yeah, you did. I remember all that. That was the the worst. Huge trunk. Having to bring home a huge trunk Mm -hmm. at like four in the morning, Mm -hmm. dragging it in, especially in the winter. The things we do for for ghosts. For ghosts. So, we were able to give some really good evidence over to the people at the museum, and I feel like that helped validate a lot of the claims that they were having so that they didn't feel like it was just their imagination, you know, something was going on there. And I think one of the other really cool things about that place, too, is that we got to be in there when nobody else was. We got to see them, like, changing over different exhibits, you know, getting up close and personal with different artifacts. I don't know if you remember that they had that area that was set up like like a village, Do you remember that? It was, like, set up like it had a kitchen area, and it had, like, a... The place with the creaky floor? Yes, like, the bed area, and, like, doing some really cool EVP work in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, some really neat stuff. That was probably one of my favorite places to investigate. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some of those things tonight and listen to some EVPs. Yes. Some electronic voice phenomenon. Electronic voice phenomenon. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. I gotta load that sound up still. I know. We talk about it every time. Yeah. I, I didn't have room last time because I loaded up EVPs into our <laughs> recorder here to play. It's just a little, little better than that. Do, 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 do. So I have, a, my memory must be shot because I don't, I'm like, 
I gotta have my memory jogged for some of these things because I don't remember. I was going through the evidence last night, and at one point years ago, if you remember, I thought I'd lost all the evidence. I do remember from the that. Museum. Yep. And then, like last year, I think it was, I found an old hard drive that I hooked up, and it was all there. All Everything. the EVPs, the video, the video. Which is pretty much the coolest piece of evidence we ever got in any investigation we yes. ever did. I would say out of all the investigations we've done all those years, there was three pieces of video evidence that I saved. The rest was complete garbage. Garbage. And this was my favorite. It's, this was the best one So by maybe far. maybe we'll post this video. But Yeah, I think we should. Just to kind of give everybody an idea of what it looked like. So... The portico, which I know you had said has been renovated now, it was closed off when we were there. They were basically using it for storage. Yeah. And we had set up a DVR, a couple cameras, I think, in there. Yeah, because I think they, they had claimed that they always felt strange down there. Yep. A lot of weird things going on, so. Yep. So we did an EVP session, and then we all left. Yeah, so this room was empty. And I had a DVR camera set up in the back of the room, and it was facing forward towards the entrance of the room. And it basically had the entire room in yep. view. And this room had one way in and out of there at the time. And it was right in the middle of the view. So this, I don't even know how you describe it, shadow? Figure. Right? Because it's not, it's not completely see-through. But it's, gray. it's definitely different. You can see the outline of mm -hmm. a person. And it came from the right side and started moving across to the left side. But as soon as it got within, like, it realized, like, the view. It got right in the middle of the frame. Yep, of the DVR. And then it turned around and hightailed it back the way it came. Yeah. The so, movement is so erratic. Right. And it's super fast. Yeah, it's like, fast. Which is super interesting because, like, like I said, there's, like, two other, two or three other pieces of evidence that we've ever caught. And they are all at different places. And the behavior and motion of these things is always the same. Yeah. They're, like you know, weird, like, jerky, and super fast. Yeah, like uh, abnormally fast. Not like fast to the point where you can't see it, like the flash or something. Right. But like faster than a human. Right. For sure. Well, and at the time, there was a big theory out there. It's probably still, I don't think it's been disproved, that the infrared lights... Um, spirits, ghosts don't like it. So it's almost like, you know, the moment they get within like a solid beam of that, you know, you lose that. And, and it's pretty interesting. So we didn't think we caught anything. You know, we finished up our investigation, went home, you were reviewing things and then you were like, holy crap. Yeah. I think you probably sent me a message and was like, it's probably nothing because that's what you always do. <laughs> I don't know. If I, I don't know if I did for that one. But when we all saw this, we were all like, holy crap, like unbelievable. And then what did we do? We went back and tried to recreate it. Many times. Yeah. So we ran up and down that thing like idiots, you know, yeah. trying to like turn like, on a dime. It was like, um, it was a not an area that was open to the public, like we said. So it was like, it was dirty. It was dusty. Was it dust? No, because we've got dust. Like when I reviewed that video... There's dust particles. You you know what they are. Yeah. This wasn't a dust particle. It was the shape of a human. Yep. You can clearly see it. You can clearly see it. It comes from the right side. And I remember 
it's like, okay, could it have been somebody moving like that? But if it was, where did they go? Right. Because there was no way in or out of that room besides the door straight ahead. And then we found out. Yep. When we showed this to the people that worked at the museum, that where this entity originates from was the original entrance in. There used to be a door there. Yes. It's been bricked over. We had no idea. But then it made sense that something came in that way. And I think that even made it more like, okay, this has definitely got to be something. Yeah. So really cool evidence. You know, now you know you have actual entities in the building. But then we got a slew of EVPs from that place. A lot. Yeah. Quite a bit. And some of the best EVPs I think we've ever had. Yeah. So um, we've played a couple on different shows before of different locations that we've investigated. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you got to figure, even if we have 20 good EVPs, we were there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's been so long, like I said, but it, it, I think it was years. Yeah. Several investigations over a matter of years. We would go in spurts where... We would do like two investigations, two nights in a row. Yep. Review the evidence. A few months later, we go back and do it again. And on and on and on for years. And I don't know if they're still experiencing any of this stuff at the location. But if anyone from the location is listening. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what your latest stories are. Tell us what your latest stories are. And if you you, uh, are still having things happen, feel free to reach out to us. And we could uh, come in and see if we could find more stuff. Yeah, because I don't even know if the same people work there. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So, should we play one of the EVPs? Sure. Right? Now that we hyped it all up for everybody? Yeah, I know, right? Now it's like, this is serious time. Serious business. So, how do we want to do it? We want to play it first and then talk about it? If you want to. So you won't know what these are at first. I won't know because I didn't load them. So I have no idea. Yep. So there's three of them. Okay. So the first one here is a little different, but uh, yeah, I'm going to play it. I need you to focus in and I need the name of the technician. Uh, There's no one here now. (laughs) There's no one here now. That is still one of the coolest Hack Shack EVPs I have ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, there was like two amazing Hack Shack EVPs we've, we ever got, I think. And that was yep. one of the best. So, so one of our investigators was running a Hack Shack session. Cheryl. And yes, Cheryl. And she was asking for a technician because that's how we used to run our sessions. You know, you get a guide, you get somebody on the other side who can go through and kind of field all of the people that are trying to come through so that it's not overwhelming. And you can clearly hear her ask for that. And then you hear the reply and you hear all of us in real time react to that. Yeah. So Hack Shack, I should explain real quick, if anyone doesn't know, is a radio. Remember those? (laughs) From Radio Shack, remember that place? That's been modified so that when you scan... It doesn't find the next strongest signal and stop. It just keeps scanning forever. And the theory is that spirits can communicate using this. So, you know, for the skeptics. Like me. 
it would be really difficult as it's moving through the channels to be able to get a full sentence because that means that every time it clicked, you'd have to get one word of the sentence and it would have to make sense and give you the whole sentence. And this one's interesting because you get the full sentence. It's in direct response to, to what's being asked. Yep. And if you listen really closely to the voices, it's not one voice coming through. It's like three voices stitched together to form this sentence, which could it be a coincidence? I don't know. What are the chances of that? I guess. I don't know, but I think we should listen to it one more time. Yeah, one more time. Here it is. I need you to focus in, and I need the name of the technician. Uh, there's no one here now. <laughs> there's no one here now. I need you to focus in, and I need the name of the technician. Still crazy to this day. No explanation for it, but no. not a good time to run a hack shack when there's nobody. There's no one there now. There's no one there right now. I think we packed up and left them. <laughs> it's like that was it. There was no one here now. We're like, all right, well, that answered that question. Yeah, I guess so. But I think it's really good too that you know you can hear in that clip like the different bits of words coming through before you hear the sentence and you can hear yeah. the hack actually clicking. Yep. So and you get click snippets. Yeah. Does it change? Yep. And then all of a sudden over all of that comes the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So that made it for a good night. It did. We had a lot of cool stuff happen there. It's a question though. If no one was there, who was telling us no one was there? Not the technician. Yeah. So <laughs> someone didn't want to talk to us that night. He's like, uh, there's nobody here right now. No, I'm going yeah, back go to, away. you know, whatever Tell I was you guys. doing. Yeah. <laughs> chiming clocks. But it's awesome. Chiming clocks, yeah. But it's awesome when you can hear that happening in real time. And it's not like you get home and then you're reviewing evidence and you find something and you're by yourself and you are like excited and there's nobody around to like share it with. It's always really cool when everybody hears the same thing at the same time. Yep. So it was hard to deny right off the bat that there wasn't something there. Yeah, it was a good one. Or not there. Or not there, supposedly. Yeah. Let's play another one. Let's play another. This is one of my favorites. Did yeah. You, did you catch that? I did. I remember this one mm -hmm. pretty pretty good. This was another situation where we just left a recorder and left it alone. Yeah, this was by itself. Yep. There was no there were no investigators in this area. So we weren't asking questions, we weren't trying to communicate. We had just set a recorder down, left, went to another part of the building, and then when the evidence was reviewed, this came out. Yeah, I'll play it again. So what's so unique about this is that it's two distinct voices and they're communicating with each other. So you hear the first one and you hear a female voice say something and then you hear a male voice reply. And there's no context to this because again, like nobody's asking questions. Nobody's like trying to engage. 
this is just randomly caught. And I think another thing that's so cool about it is you know where the recorder is. Yeah. You hear this, and it's like off in the distance. So where is it even happening in the building? So I think this recorder was in, it was in the basement, in that train room. So it was like all the way in in one area of the basement. And maybe this was coming from like the middle of the basement, which I guess uh, that would be like where the stairwell is. Yeah. That would lead upstairs. They had like an old carriage. Yeah. Right at the bottom of the stairs mm-hmm. there. Yep. And I think they had some other artifacts down there. There was uh, some interesting stuff. Yeah, it kind of looked like an old-timey Yep, like a parlor or like a saloon area. They had like a storefront set up. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) out of nowhere, you just hear this woman say, ready for supper. Or what is for supper. And then you hear a man say, hot rye. (laughs) You're like, okay, when we first heard this. Like, all right. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Buffalo. We were like, I don't know. Is that like beef on whack? Like, what is this? Is it like a sandwich? Yeah. Like, what is it? So like any good paranormal researcher, you do some investigating, right? Yep. And what did we end up finding out that hot rye was? We found out that hot rye was whiskey or <laughs> some sort of alcoholic beverage that they, uh, it was popular like in the 50s, 60s. Yeah, so this woman's like, hey, dinner's ready. And he's like, I'm just going to drink my dinner. Yeah. (laughs) So now that we know what it says. Yeah, I'll play it one more time. Sure. Ready for supper. Hot rye. <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of makes you think like, wow, what was going on in that household? Yeah, really. But that's, you know, so unique in itself because, again, you have a situation where you're not trying to engage. It's just residual for yep. whatever reason. And who knows? Is it really residual or is it intelligent because it's interacting with something else? It's interacting with each other. And that was never like, you know, a place where dinner would have been made. No. It's like, where would that even have come from? Someone visiting. Who knows? It could have been anything. Right. So crazy. Possible to know. So I I think out of all of the situations that we had there, you know, you come across these different kinds of EVPs. And I think these were good examples because they're coming from different sources, different parts of equipment being used, completely different voices. Right? Those, like, the male voice that you hear is not the same as the hack shack. So then you start thinking, like, how many different spirits could potentially be in this location? And I know that we had a lot of circumstances of just weird things happening. Like, there's a clock called the Apostle Clock in the building that was built, I want to say, like, 1935. It's, like, seven feet tall. The clock weighs 400 pounds, and it basically has the apostles that go around every hour on the hour. But the clock was always broken. And they had had experts come in and try to fix the clock. And, you know, the clock would work periodically and then break again because it was not actually built by, like, you know, a a company that builds clocks. It was built by just a random person who had an enthusiasm for it. So 
we were there one night and we were doing like some EVPs, you know, doing some normal investigating and we heard the clock chime and everybody that worked there like freaked out because that was not typically something that would happen. Yeah. And then as we started asking more questions, especially about the clock, we could hear it chiming more. So another example of just a different way that spirits were interacting there. We had a lot of different kinds of interactions. Yep. Yeah, I remember all this now. It's like, it's all, it's coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watching things like on the stairwells, moving around. Yeah. Yep. All kinds of different things. I mean, we were using a lot of flashlights back then. And, you know, I think we both know how we feel about that now. Mm-hmm. But even that stuff is like, say what you will about it. You know, we've debunked it. We know how you can fake it if you want to fake it. But when you can get a session going 20, 30 minutes long, and it's literally going out when you say go out, it's coming on when you say go on, I I don't know. I'm always on the fence about those kind of circumstances. I know you're shaking your head at no. me, but how do you, like, randomly know, like, let it go, and then it goes out? And then you ask a question, and it comes on, and then it goes out when you ask it to. Like, how do you... It's the heat. And the bulb. Oh, my God. So skeptic. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to agree to disagree about mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Do I think that every single time somebody uses a flashlight, it's legit? No. But are there some times when some interesting things have happened that can't be explained? 100%. Especially for my flashlight. I never carried that thing around <laughs> and used it to turn it on and off. Okay, well, that that's something. Remember, I had two flashlights. One for walking, one for talking. Yeah, it's true. That's what you need to do. So the one that was for Mm walk-in never was on. Yeah. I know. You're still not believing it. I'm not believing it. Nope. All right. Should we listen to the next one? Yeah. Before we listen to the next one, I should probably note that if anyone's listening to this and they hear a growling in the background, it's not a demon. It's the (laughs) resident chupacabra who has decided to lay on the floor next to the podcasting booth and growl. He likes EVPs. Yeah, I guess so. All right, here's the last one. So this one was weird too. Yeah, like why, right? I mean, where does it come from? How does it come from? And I believe that we caught this in an area where there was some very personal belongings of people. Remember they had that chest there that had like the clothing article, like the articles of clothing in it. It was on the second floor. If you went up the stairs, it was to the right. And they had like a whole, this is why this one was sensitive because of the area it was recorded in and the exhibits that were up in that area. Yeah, this one was sensitive for a while. Yeah. Very, because of the what it says and the yeah. circumstances that it was caught in. Yeah, it's one of those things, it's, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at all the things we caught, they're all kind of weird because they don't, like, mesh together. It's, like, right. all over the place. Right, and they're not related to the building. Yeah. It's like that place is so full of items, personal items, that 
it's almost like the energy from all of those things inhabits that building. So you never know what you're going to get. You know, you never know, like, somebody donated something that meant something to somebody and that spirit is still attached to it in some way. Yeah. I'll play it again. So, it's a voice that says, and it's pretty clear. Yeah. They locked me up. And it's a woman's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the area that that came from, there was like a lot of cultural things. It was like some memorabilia from people. There was some personal items. <laughs> um, some, you know... And it was, I think when we heard it, we were kind of taken aback and we were like, wow, this is something we don't know if we should share because this sounds really personal. Like, why would someone choose to say they locked me up and use all that energy for that? Yeah. Like, what's the context? Right. And this, again, was not us asking questions. This was not an active EVP session. Mm -hmm. This was just... A recorder left on its own. Yep. Which sometimes, I guess, is the best evidence, right? At this place it was, I guess. Yeah. A lot of the time. But this was um, a sensitive topic. And I think this is the first time we've ever come... We ever came across an EVP that was like, oof, okay, what do we do with this? This is kind of heavy. Yeah. You know, because is this person still attached to something? Like, are they still trying to, you know, have their voice be heard? I don't know. I don't know. But There's it's strange. That's... So, so much stuff there, and it was always rotating in and out, like, depending on what exhibits they were having at the time, so... Yep. It was um, not something we expected. No. And I think it even took the staff aback a little bit, too. Yeah, like definitely whoa. took them by surprise. Yeah, because I mean when you're cultivating all these things through the museum, like you're really trying to have the most utmost respect for items, you know, you're handling them in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You are creating these, you know, exhibits with all of those kinds of things in mind. And you know, the thought that something was tortured or still holding on to those kinds of emotions was pretty intense for people. Yep. And I think for us, the biggest thing was like, you know, just kind of trying to like let people know, like, listen, you know, these kinds of things are not controllable and it's nothing anybody did or didn't do. Yeah. How can you predict just, something like that's going to happen? Yeah. You don't know. You don't know the circumstances behind it. You don't know what it's coming from. Right. You don't know if it's intelligent or residual or. And we were never the paranormal investigators that believed in crossing things over and telling them to go to the light. Yeah, no. So we just kind of let this rest. And I feel like that's probably the best way we could have handled it. You know, just acknowledge it. I think we even did go and, like, try to communicate and, like, let that 
voice know that it was safe and that, you know, everything was okay. Yeah. Just trying to provide a little bit of comfort. Um, and we never caught that voice ever again. No, we didn't. It was just the one, one and only time. Yep. So much stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool EVPs. Mm-hmm. Really cool pieces of video. I mean, I don't know. I can't say enough things about it. And it's been featured on a couple of different things. I know some local groups have gone in and put some YouTube stuff up over the years. You know, not naming any names who used the same evidence that we just showed you. Had you listened to. Oh. (laughs) Parajama. Yeah. Yeah. But we figured, you know, we could probably talk about things now because it's been so long. Yeah. 13 years as we know. (laughs) Usually we don't um, disclose anything without the location telling us it's okay. But we did have that permission from them because we put a couple of things. I know we used the video in some lectures that we did. Yeah, it wasn't a secret that we were going there. Yeah. Not like some other places. Right. That are still secret. They're still secret. And shall remain. Still shall remain secret. Yes. Unfortunately. I know. I'm like, oh. I know, but I don't even think we really got any super cool Not evidence there. A ton. I mean, the the scariest thing that happened to us that night was getting caught in the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. So we got stuck in an elevator. Like 10 paranormal investigators yeah. stuck in a little freight elevator. With, um... About, I don't know, how many things of equipment? A lot. Yeah. And some of those paranormal investigators, namely one, has major claustrophobic, hmm. you know, issues. Yeah. It was not a fun 25 minutes, 30 minutes being trapped in an elevator in between floors. Yep. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> and who says ghost hunting is not dangerous? No. <laughs> can reach out to us at Parababble, Parababble Podcast. Parababble Podcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. And like I said, if anyone is currently working at the History Museum. Yes. And wants a now two-person paranormal team to come in. Yes. Maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe four. Maybe four. We could see what's happening over there now. Yeah. Or maybe we should just reach out and be like, hey, remember this? Yeah, remember this? <laughs> Till next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>